We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our prime spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Sherry Lynn Starkey, a woman whose work I really admire. Sherry Lynn Starkey is an award-winning communications consultant, a problem solver, and a big picture thinker. She has an international reputation as a social media innovator, is a prolific blogger and podcaster. Her goal for her 50 Women Over 50 podcast is to talk with women over 50 to learn how they see the world, what lessons they've learned in life, and what advice they have for all of us. Welcome, Sherry Lynn. I'm so happy you're here with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. So just in getting started, let me ask you, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why is it that you think that you don't? Oh, I definitely am experiencing getting older. There's no doubt about that. I mean, my back just every day tells me that I'm not as young as I used to be. So, yeah. So the experience of getting older is, oh, my goodness, that would fill up the whole show, really, about the physical changes that, that you under, undertake, you know, t- uh, tire more easily, sore back, sore hip. I got arthritis in my thumb, which I think is from scrolling on my phone too much. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, not to mention the the nasty gray things that happen on your head and stuff now. So. Yeah, I think that a lot of that is true for a lot of us. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's better than the alternative, right? Yes, it is better than the alternative. We've got we've got two alternatives and um this one is definitely better. I I don't know. I, a lot of I'm sure you have this too. That a lot of women I talk to experience getting older, um, and and then the negative part of it is usually the physical stuff. But there's yeah. a bunch of other stuff that's usually positive. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a, it's sort of a mixed bag. It is. It is. So tell me, Sharon, why did you decide to start your podcast, Fifty Women Over Fifty, and when was that? How long have you been doing it? 
I only started it in, um, well, I started working on it in September, but I published the first episode in October. So what happened was I'm turning 60 this year and I was like, I'm on my 59th birthday. I was kind of panicky. I was like, I'm almost 60 and I'm not even used to being in my fifties yet. And (laughs) where is time going? Like, why is it going so quickly? And, and so and at the same time, I was feeling kind of lonely and isolated. And that, that was due in part to, you know, the pandemic. And up here in Canada, we had a lot of lockdowns. We spent a lot of time at home. We were separated forcibly from our families. And and But I really missed my girlfriends. Like, I really missed talking to women my own age about things that interest us, <laughs> you know, women of a certain age. And so... Uh, I have a friend who's a professional photographer, and she was doing a, a fundraiser essay of um, uh, photographing women, portraits of women over 50. And she called her project 50 Women Over 50. And I, I, I was one of the women. <laughs> and so it was always in the back of my mind. So I contacted her and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast, and I want to kind of steal your idea because... It's great to see your essay of women on the wall, but what are the stories behind these faces? And so she said, go for it. Let's, yeah. And she was my very first guest. And uh, and so, yeah. So my goal is to interview these 50 women before I turn 60. So, so far I've done 34. And I've, uh, I, I, I think I might just get under the wire there for my birthday at the end of August. <laughs> So at the end of August, so you've got um, June, July, and all. Oh, you got three months. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. you can do that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, that's exciting, Sherilyn. Um, and are you working in conjunction now with her, or did you just? Um, no, I just thought it was important since she was the inspiration to have her as as my first guest. And uh, no, I'm not working with her in conjunction. Yeah, it, it's my project. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's. I'm it, really it, enjoying it. I, and I'm just having some great conversations with women that I would never have had the opportunity to meet and spend an hour with and, and talk about, you know, just life and, you know, kind of more esoteric things than, than just, you know, day to day things that I'm really, really enjoying it and mm-hmm. learning a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. I have with this podcast, I have found that um, I mean, one of the best things about it is, are the women that I've met. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing. I just, I love it. Yeah. I make a commitment to each one of the women that I interview that I will share their content in my feeds forever. And so now my feeds are constantly filled with story, you know, like the relationships continuing past the interview because we're integrated on social media. Oh, I love it. What a wonderful idea. It's really great. So what do you find that that, uh, the women that you interview most often speak about? I mean, are there there topics that come up frequently? Number one is it's me time. It's me time. I've done it all, right? I've had all the responsibility. I've raised my children. I've had the career. You know, whatever they've done in life, they've done. And now they want to kind of take on life on their on their own terms and do what they want to do with their with their whatever time they have left. And what often does that turn out to be? Is it just all over the board or travel features highly for sure? Um, 
uh, of the 34 people I've interviewed, only two want to retire. The rest all want to keep working or contributing or creating or, you know, somehow staying engaged in, in the world of work in some, in some way. So I was kind of surprised by that, but, um, when I thought about it, I thought, well, yeah, of course, because women never do retire, did they? <laughs> Since the dawn oh. of time, <laughs> men retire, women keep working. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I guess I shouldn't have been surprised by that. But yeah, no, nobody really is looking forward to retirement or very, only a couple were. Well, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> and, so, and I'm not, and I'm a lot older than you are, and I have no desire to retire. I have, have people frequently say, Sarah, when are you going to retire? And I say, I don't want to retire. I mean, if, you know, if I retired, I'd sort of at least surreptitiously keep doing what I'm doing because I'd love to do it. I mean, why would I quit doing it? What would I do? I don't, this is what I want to do. This is exactly my how I feel. This is exactly how I feel. I feel like because 60 is approaching and you know, most women do retire around their 60th birthday. Not most women, but you think of retirement around the age of 60. So I, I am thinking a lot about if I were to retire, what would that look like? But I can't see it. I, I just I can't envision my life in full retirement. <laughs> I, you know, that's interesting, Sherry Lynn, because I can't either. And yeah. every once in a while, especially first thing in the morning, I'm tired. And I think, maybe I'll just retire. And then I think, what would I do? I mean, I would, the only thing I would want to do is, I think, to get up and come to my office and do this. I mean, this is what I want to do. I, I, uh, so, I don't know. It's um, most of the women that you have spoken with, you say uh, only a couple have retired. Have most of them been uh, women who have been working most of their adult lives in addition to the home? A hundred percent of them are. Yes, a hundred percent of them are. I haven't. Like, Are there any such thing as homemakers anymore? Like, uh, I, I don't think they are there. This I don't think this person exists. In our in in my in our, in our demographic anyway, and younger, like my mom's generation, definitely we had stay at home moms. But even you know, women that choose to stay home when their children are young, they still get out to work when the kids get a bit older and stuff. So yeah, no, I haven't had a single uh, person that's not a working person. Interesting. But they're not all white collar professionals, though. Like I've taught, like a, a woman is a house decorator. Uh, another woman is, um, uh, involved with, uh, boarding dogs and things like that. She's running her own business that way. So yes. So they're not all like office clerical or, or professionals, although most right. of them are. And so most of is this what you just said is that most of the women that you've spoken to are inside an organization rather than running their own business. No, many of them are uh, running their own businesses now, having left. Yes, yes. You know, you know. When I say that they're not retiring, they're they're still working, but they're changing how they work. So you know, kind of taking the reins themselves or changing, uh, you know, moving from a staff position to a consulting role, that kind of thing, and so they can work less or work from anywhere. A lot of people. It's kind of weird. I think I've had like 
six or seven of them have said they want to go and live in Portugal and work from there. I, I was <laughs> like, I don't know what the big draw in Portugal is, but. That's really interesting because so many of the women I talk to want to go to Costa Rica. So your women want to go to Portugal and mine want to go to, what is that? <laughs> what are, what are some of their main concerns? So, um, concerns, let me just think about this. What do, what we talk about is, um, the transition mostly. I, I guess that's the concern that the transition to being, how did I get this old all of a sudden kind of thing? And, uh, you know, and, and as you said, at the top of the call, there's a lot of benefits to it. And we, we do talk about all the independence and the, the room for uh, creative creativity in your life and taking, taking more control of your life. But um, you know, there are other health concerns. I've, um, I've interviewed a couple of cancer survivors uh, that, you know, having gone through that process, a five-year process, one lady uh, um, had uh, cancer, took her five years to get clear. And, uh, you know, that that changed her profoundly. And I've interviewed a couple of women that um, have undergone kind of extreme menopausal symptoms where they were extremely unwell from perimenopause, like mid forties into the mid fifties. And, uh, and that really gave them, you know, kind of stopped them in their tracks from doing life. <laughs> they couldn't cope with life because all these, you know, the headaches and the mood swings and the night sweats. And yeah, I mean, that is one thing <laughs> that you can't fight nature on. Right. I was reading the most interesting thing, and I can't, where was that? It was in the newspaper yesterday, I think. Um, doesn't matter, but it was very recent, and it was, um, and, and more women are talking about this now. Why have we been tricked about menopause or something like that? And basically it was, um, why aren't we talking about this? There's, there's, you know, a half a million women who are going to be menopausal just in the next five, five years or so. Yes. And it is still a topic we're not allowed to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. And this is crazy. I mean, women are born, they go through puberty and start periods. Oftentimes they have babies. Then they go through perimenopause and menopause. That's a woman's life. Yes. And so we can talk about everything up to that point, but we can't yes. talk about that. Uh, yeah. Episode two, I, I spoke to uh, a woman that's an expert in treating people with uh, menopause and uh, Dinah Vink, her name is. And uh, what she's, what the gist of that conversation is that um, there's a shame because women don't want to admit they're getting older. Women don't want to talk about it these symptoms that are coming on because it's an admission to themselves that they're getting older. There's kind of a whole sex thing there too, where you're, you know, you're admitting to yourself that you're leaving your proof. Well, I don't want to say fruitful, but, but you're uh, the bloom of youth and moving and transitioning to a different stage of life. And uh, you may not be as attractive or sexually confident 
going forward. So it, it's complicated. It's complicated the way women feel about it themselves, which is why there is so little conversation about it because we are not prepared to talk about it. We're not even prepared to admit it to ourselves, much less talk about it with our girlfriends or or give interviews about it. So yeah, it's complicated. It's interesting. I um, When I first started Prime Spark, there were a handful of times when I would be talking about it to women and they get really upset. And and two times women got really angry at me and I didn't know why they were so angry. I mean, I didn't think I had been rude. I mean, I didn't know why they were angry. And finally, one of them said, Sarah, I don't want to think about getting older. Yes, that's right. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Now... I'm much more prepared for that reaction, but I wasn't then. Yeah. And so it would be useful to have more conversations about perimenopause because when I was first experiencing those symptoms, I hadn't even heard that term. I didn't even know that there was a, a run up to it. I just cut kind of thought you hit an age and your period stopped and that was it. Like I mean, I remember my mom and my aunts having that hot flashes and stuff, but I did not know it was a seven to 10 year process that this happens over. And, and yeah, it would have been useful to know that when I was 44. It would have been useful to know that. I remember I was just um, last week talking to um, the woman on my podcast. And I remember that when I first started in menopause, I didn't know what was happening. I mean, I, I, I knew about it sort of, but um, I wasn't at all prepared for it so I didn't know what was happening and I said to a friend of mine oh I'm just I'm tired and I'm 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 so moody and I can't think and I don't know what's wrong with me shit I think you're going into menopause and I was just what and it shouldn't come as a shock I mean it I find that really really interesting and I yeah. hope that we are starting to make some inroads on that. And I think we are. I think, I think we are too. I think we're I think we're beginning to. So what are some of the hopes that the women you speak to have when they think of the future? I mean, women in their fifties now can assume if they stay healthy, they'll live for a good 30, probably 40 years. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so what are some of the hopes that they have so i would say almost without exception i always i ask every woman what are you most hopeful about and i leave it kind of broad on purpose because i want you to interpret that question the way you want to interpret it maybe in the context of of your own personal life or your contents in the context of the the world and as we know it and so i kind of get extreme answers uh, either end of the, the extreme on those answers, but almost without exception, people are very hopeful for the younger generation that's coming up. They feel that the younger generation is so much nicer <laughs> and more open and more willing to accept others and so less selfish and so I guess it's kind of us Gen X is sitting back and saying, hey, didn't we do a good job raising these kids? <laughs> but but uh, they are really, really hopeful that the young generation is making some important changes in society 
and that uh, they are going to fix all the problems that we have that we are facing right now on this planet, including you know climate change and the geopolitical situation, and you know kind of the migrations. Uh, epic migrations that are happening around the planet right now. And so, yeah, I, I would say that very optimistic for the future of the planet and they, and it's because of the young people. I'm with them on that. I, yeah. um, I feel that way too. I, um, and I, I, what in my skeptical moments, which I don't have very many of actually, I'm sort of a Pollyanna, but um, I hope that, we don't spoil them before they get to the point of really being able to start doing some serious work in the world because um, they are, they're much more open. Yes. Um, I don't, they just so many of them don't seem to have the sort of ingrained biases that so many of us grew up with that much as you want to deny them, you know, they're, they're down there. They you grew up with them, and they, and these kids don't seem to have those, and that's really very hopeful to me. Yes, and I like for me it, in particular the the situation with migration. Like humans have migrated around this planet since we stood up on our hind legs, and we can't stop it from happening, <laughs> and we shouldn't try to stop it from happening because. This is humanity. This is what we are. We move around and we're social. So we want to include people, you know, people want what we have. And so people are going to come. And, you know, personally, I feel that, you know, my family got here five generations ago. And uh, that's not, that's a hiccup, <laughs> you know, in the, yeah. in, in the context of time. And uh, I, we, ha I, we have no right to say more people can't come here. <laughs> We should be inviting them to come in because it's only going to help society overall by having a fully open country, a fully open world, really. Yeah, I don't I don't um, I don't think we have a choice. I mean, uh, actually, I mean, we can. We uh, I don't know anybody in your country wanted to build walls, but in our country, people wanted to build walls. We won't go into that, but they did. And, um, but you can't stop people. I mean, you're right. I mean, we just, I mean, I was thinking about that for some reason. I was thinking about that this morning and I was, and I, I had a sense of uh, almost like an anthill. I mean, the world, the, people are just moving everywhere. Yes. And I think they always did, but we didn't know so much about it because we didn't have the internet to have all these, mm -hmm. all the news and the pictures. But people are just moving. And um that that's gonna that's gonna keep happening. Yes. And, yeah, and we can we can try to stop it and be miserable, or we can figure out how are we gonna how are we gonna make this work really well for everybody and try to make it happen well. So well, I think the younger generation is less selfish. And more willing to share, and that will be the key, the crux of the matter. I think. Yeah, I I I hope 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 you're right. I think that I agree with that, and I hope that's right. So, Sheridan, tell me of all the things you've done. You've done a lot of things. Um, what three things in your life are you proudest of? Ah, uh, so well, you know, uh, 
I have two daughters, one's a nurse and one's a teacher, and I'm incredibly proud of them and, you know, the lives that they lead and the professions that they've chosen and, you know, and they're both very, very good at what they do. And so I'm incredibly proud to say that I have birthed them and raised them and sent them out into the world and they're doing good every single day. So I'm kind of, my goodness, proud. Proud's one, proud's one of the deadly sins, right? <laughs> well, it depends. If we could use a different word. <laughs> okay. I think we celebrate. What three yeah. things about that you think you celebrate? Um, well, running my own business. I am like, I didn't think... Uh, my husband was telling me for years, you should do this for yourself. And I was like, no, 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 I could never do this for myself, blah, blah, blah. And he was right. And I was wrong. And I, my life has become immeasurably happier since I started working for myself and took control over my own income and my own future. And uh, so I'm, I'm very proud uh, that, of the business that, that I have built. Another thing that I'm proud of, and it's, you know, it's, it, very core really is that I had made a very bad marriage. My very, my first marriage was in, uh, I was barely out of my teens. I was only 20 and I had two children by the time I was 22 Oh my goodness! and he dumped me and I was on my own without a proverbial pot to, you know, what in. And, uh, you know, I was working part-time at a, at a retail store and trying to do this parent thing with these two toddlers. I lived in a one bedroom apartment above a bar. Like it was bleak. I'm not going to lie. It was bleak. And, uh, and I just had an epiphany one day where I was just like, sat myself down and said, Sherilyn, you have screwed up. You know, you got yourself into this mess and there, nobody's going to get you out of it except for yourself. So you need to figure this out. And uh, that day, I started making plans about how I was going to lift my family out of this situation. And it wasn't easy. And I didn't do it alone. I had help from my, you know, my parents, my sisters. But um, I I turned it around. <laughs> I went back to school. I got a diploma in public relations. I was the only one from my class of 91 to walk straight into a job, a job because there was a big uh, recession going on at the time. And I've never not worked since that day. <laughs> and I, I, I know that I'm very privileged to be able to say that, but I was able to make a living wage and raise my children and, and not worry consistently about whether I was had grocery money and the electricity, but like, it was, I'm very proud that I was able to take that very, very bleak situation and turn it into something positive. Good for you, Sherry Lynn. That is, um, that is, uh, is quite an achievement. Uh, and yeah, okay, so you got some help, but we all get help along the way from something, mm -hmm. you know, in one way or another. And mm -hmm. to realize I'm going to have to do this. You know, mm. it's it, this is up to me. I'm going to have to do this. Yeah, that was an also a wonderful thing for your girls to watch you do. Yes, 
Although I think that I think that it was um, probably has something to do with where they they're profet- they've gone professionally in their lives, because one thing that you know we're going to talk about things we're celebrating. Let's talk about regrets too. And one thing I regret is my my um, workaholic tendencies. So I work a lot all the time. And I thought I was setting a good example for my kids to say, you know, work hard and you can achieve and you can get whatever you want out of life if you're willing to put the work in. But what they took away was, I want a job where I don't have to work that hard. (laughs) But I think that's one of the things that's good about the new generation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they watched watched us and they said, you know, I'm... I'm going to work and I'm going to make money and I'm going to be happy, but I'm not working like that. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah. So they both wanted jobs that, well, I mean, they couldn't have foreseen the whole mobile phone trend, but they wanted jobs that when you were, when you left work, you left work. I don't think there's any jobs that are like that now. I don't think there are any jobs like that. I think, you know, I was, um, I was in HR for a thousand years, a thousand years ago. And I remember one of the, uh, there used to be all sorts of seminars for HR leaders on um, how are we going to help our employees with all their spare time after we have all the computerization and there's so much time saved. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, now we can work 24-7. Thank you. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, Sherry, what's next? What dreams do you have that that are ha- you've had a lot of successes? What what do you see down the road that's still lurking there? Oh, I want to write a book. Like that's on my bucket list. I've made a living as a writer, and to be f- truthful, like that kind of took some of the joy out of writing. If you know what I mean, when you have to do it for a living, yeah. it's not so much fun anymore. Yeah, But I've always, like, even as a teenager, I always dreamt of writing a book someday. And although I've written thousand page reports, I've ne- never done like a real kind of narrative storytelling, long form thing. So I feel like I, that's a dream that I hold is to still write the book. And I'm kind of thinking my book is going to be called 50 Women Over 50. Because I think it's going to be about all these women that I've met through the podcast. So fun. Well, mm-hmm. do it, do it, yeah. do it, do it. Yeah, that would uh, that would make a wonderful book, and so would a. Uh, uh, well, maybe you can combine it—a story of your life, because it is so hopeful for women who find themselves in such difficult situations, and so women, so many women do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have interviewed a few women that have been through nasty divorces and separations from children and, and, and stuff. And yeah, it, it isn't easy being a woman in today's, well, at any time <laughs> because, you know, the patriarchy and all that, but um, yeah, it's, it's not easy sometimes. And, uh, and um, I'm noticing in my analytics for my podcast that I'm getting some younger women actually listening to it and, I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're listening to uh to what we're putting out there and and hopefully learning, so they don't have to figure it all out for themselves. Well, one of the things I think that uh, a lot of the people in 
my, um, and I'm, I'm not sure we're in the same generation, but and I'll say our generation, need to learn is um, being kind to other women. And I say that because when I was growing up, there were no teams for girls to be on. Mm-hmm. I mean, in gym class, every once in a while, we were on a team. But I mean, there weren't any varsity school teams. So we didn't learn what it's like to play in teams. Um, and I think that little boys, for all the awful stuff they may learn, do learn how to work with other little boys in a way that little girls don't learn. Now, I hope that's changing because there are more sports. And I think that there are other ways to do it. But I think that's one of the ways. So I think that anything that any of us can do to help mentor younger women and to be kinder to each other and help them be kinder to each other is is a big gift. Always saying that to some of the young women that I mentor and, uh, you know, also that have worked for me and stuff over the years is that we can all win. Right. We can all win. We are all winners. We don't have to have any losers. <laughs> we can all do it together and win together. And um, I'm hoping, well, like I know, I, I actually, I know that the younger women coming up get it. Good. Mm. Good. Well, Sherry, this has been delightful. So tell me if somebody wants to get in touch with you and find out more about 50 Women Over 50, how can they find you? Uh, So if you just Google Sherry Lynn, you're going to find me. I'm all over the internet. But uh, my podcast is 50 Women Over 50. and It's in all the places that you would normally find a podcast. I'm on all the the platforms. Um, And please do reach out and uh, ping me and I would love to be your uh, Facebook friend or your LinkedIn connection. So should they go to Sherry Lynn or should they go to 50 women over 50 or either? Either. Okay. Yeah, either, either. Okay. You will find me. <laughs> Great. So that's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Sherilyn Starkey. This has been delightful. And don't forget, you can find her at Sherilyn or 50 Women Over 50. She's, as she says, all over the internet and you can find her. So look her up. Thank you for being with us. Take care. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.